0: Welcome to the Buds and Reality Show. I'm Sean Collins, the guy with a lot to say. We have Sam Stokes back in the house. How you doing? Hey, good. Thanks for having me again. Of course, of course. It was December the last time uh, you've been on.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. It's been a while then.
0: Yeah, it's been a hot minute. You actually came on right after I got out of the hospital. I remember that with my uh, diverticulitis episode. But uh, it's funny because you have grown big time since then. You have grown. Like, I remember when we first did a show together, I think we only each had maybe a couple few hundred followers on Twitter at best. You have way surpassed me on that when it comes to followers or whatever, you're in the the thousands now, which is very cool. Um, but you have done a lot since then. I mean, you have uh, got some projects going on. You've done some things. Um, you're pushing a brand now. I mean, let's, uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get sassy today. I want to get sassy with Sammy.
1: Yeah, let's get sassy.
0: But sassy.
1: I mean, you and, you know, a handful of other people have really helped me grow. And it's not just me. And, and I just feel like we have a good community of supportive, positive people that are, you know, we're all kind of on similar paths, or we have similar thoughts, when it comes to like government and healthcare and all that. So that's, that's our biggest demon that we're all fighting together.
0: So, yeah, the healthcare system's a disaster. Um, I don't recommend anybody getting into that. You know, if you have to, it's unfortunate. You know, I went, I just went through it. Uh, I have a lot to say about it. We, there's not enough time in this show for that, but uh, let's just say the healthcare system's not somewhere you want to be trapped in. Um, but on top of that, like you have projects going on. Let's uh. Let's first get into this project that you, uh, you have a partner in crime with Miss Kalina. Yeah. Yeah. This six week reset. What are, what is this about? Tell us about the six week reset.
1: So I guess, uh me and Kalina met a couple of years ago, probably almost three years ago on Instagram and, and come to find out, I was like, I was, we were uh, commenting on someone, a doctor that's was being very uh, rude and calling people names if you're not wearing a mask or if you don't get the shot and I and I just kind of like I didn't know who she was so I was like coming to her defense and was like hey that's not very nice and then you know the doctor ends up blocking I think both of us and we became friends so and come to find out she lived only two hours away from me and the small world and you know our my kids have been vaccine injured and her child is too we're both you know ex medical workers and ICU actually too and uh, to me it was just like divine intervention and divine timing um and we just gotten to know each other and over time we've noticed like you know, the health industry is missing, or like the herb industry is missing a lot of weightlifting and exercise, but also the weightlifting community is also missing that holistic touch when it comes to your mind, body, and soul. It's more superficial and just internal. We need to like combine them and then we just kind of package this plan to where we're helping people not only get fit and healthier, within that six week period, but also teaching them lifelong uh, nutrition, like science of nutrition and herbalism to sustain that lifestyle for a lifetime. So, you know, when you leave the reset, you're not just, let's just go hard for six weeks and then go back to your old ways. You learn how to incorporate healthier alternatives, healthier, like if you can't give up alcohol, we give you like some tips on healthier alcohols, how to, you know, treat yourself, not every day, but like seasonally, you know, not just indulge all the time. So it's just, uh, to me, a package that is like no other out there.
0: Yeah, um, it seems to be pretty, uh, pretty intense, you know, from kind of what I've seen on social media, like you guys are really going to go in depth with this stuff. And that's pretty neat. Um, When it comes to that, like, what is your like how did this become your passion actually? Let's get into that first.
1: Um so originally I was having so many symptoms and no answers from my doctors with my autoimmune disease. And I mean I was internally so inflamed. Um like I had a lot of intestinal issues as well. And we don't have to go into detail but I am an open book. So if you can imagine you know, the worst inflammation in your intestines, I was near that. And my daughter was too, but we weren't at the same time. And the moment I started just radically changing my diet and eating like paleo style, I literally instantly felt relief. Like my skin, my, obviously my intestinal inflammation took a good nine months to go away, but it, I instantly saw improvements within four days. So I just kept it up and I noticed, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I'm feeling so much better with just eating. And then I felt more positive. I felt stronger. And then I was like, well, let me try to work out at home. So I barely could lift five pound dumbbells at the time. I was super weak because i had like lost so much strength, but even though I was feeling stronger, like my muscle tone was bad and I just didn't, you know, I had the energy now to, to look to that. I wasn't looking to exercise and to, to look good, but that was like a perk that I felt like, Oh, I'm getting stronger. Look at this. I got a bicep now. So, so my nutrition lifestyle changed and transformed into fitness as well. Cause I, I started to notice, you know, I can't just, eat these foods and not exercise. I've got to, I've got to take care of my body and I want to be strong for my kids. And if I had to carry her and she's not feeling well, if I had to carry her and the other one, I want to be strong enough to do that. So my passion really was to just get fit and healthy for life to, to age really gracefully and be strong for my kids as long as I can. So that's where I was at.
0: I think it's funny when you say you started to form a bicep, you definitely have one. Now we see your flex pictures on social media. You're getting strong girl. Holy smokes. I would get smugged by you. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) It's a, well, I appreciate it. It's a roller coaster, And I'll, I'll tell people like sometimes what you see on social media is not, you know, you don't see the full picture. You don't see the past two weeks. I've been, uh, taking a break from the gym because I have shoulder dislocation injuries. I have EDS, so it it can flare up and my neck's been flared and, but I'm doing the celery juice and I'm already noticing inflammation go down and I'm rolling it out every day. Today is probably the first day in two weeks that I feel like I think I can go work out now. Um, So people just assume that it's obviously if it, If it was like what I did, you know, every day, eat, breathe and sleep it, which I kind of do, but I feel like you got to have a healthy balance. I'm not going to let things like in my family or anything neglect. So everything has a delicate balance and I know when to give and take. And um, I feel like, you know, sometimes that might hinder someone, but they have to show themselves some grace there because you can't be... Very, you can't be exactly like the best day of your life can't be that way forever it can't be that way every day the part that I try to think you know I try to say is it might be a week or two and you're out but get right back into it and even since I've been out of the gym for two weeks I haven't really slipped up on my eating so and I've been walking you know so you're not letting all things just go like, Oh, well, I can't go to the gym because I've done that before too. And you will regret it. So, um, but what I'm saying is, you know, I do have muscle tone and it, and it comes in to me, it, I I reach peaks and then I kind of go back down and things just, but just trying to keep that balance is the most important thing to me. And I have to tell myself like, you're doing the best you can. And that's what people need to know too. Like, It's okay to share those wins, but it's also okay to kind of share some of those losses or those setbacks because people need to see that more often. But I don't share them as much as the wins because you've got to be that that person for other people to uplift them. I don't want people, I don't want to enable bad behavior. So I try to have a delicate balance there as, as well, like for sharing purposes on social media. But what do you think?
0: Well, I understand, you know, and a lot of people that go to the gym, unless they're big meatheads, big meatheads know this. And I have, I happen to have a buddy who's a huge meathead. He's a brick shithouse for real. He's a, he's a big man muscle guy. And uh, you know, it's not necessarily good to work out all the time every day or work out the same regimen every day. Like my, my meathead buddy, you know, one day's buys and tries one day's legs, one day's back you know, one day shoulders or whatever it may be pecs. you know what I mean? He doesn't do it all in one day. It's one day, this one day that, you know, and then takes the weekend off, you know, he takes the weekend off from working out, but then also he does it for six weeks straight like that. But then on the seventh week, he doesn't work out at all because you actually, your body needs rest too. You know, it's good to be doing that all the time. You know, it's great to work out and whatnot, but to put your body through that stress all the time is not necessarily good either. Not bashing exercise at all, but like I'm saying, that's how like the the meathead guys kind of do it.
1: Yeah. And I agree. I, I, I feel like intuitively I do that or my body sometimes forces me to, but it is the best way like to really work out six weeks properly and then take a week off. It's almost kind of like how I do some of my herbs, like adaptogenic herbs. It's always good to take a week off from any herb and then start back. You'll notice your body just responds the same and it doesn't get used to that one particular thing all the time because then you build a tolerance or you don't give your body a break to rehabilitate from the exercise. So it definitely makes a big difference and you come out like taking a week off can be kind of hard when you feel like you're, you're in a rut I mean, in a groove and you're like, Oh, I'm feeling good. But it really, you come back and you feel stronger. So it, it does pay off. And, and I only work out three to four times a week, an hour at the most of the weightlifting. So it really doesn't take much to get healthy and or get fit and stay fit. It really doesn't take that much.
0: What do you do for cardio? Do you run or do you just walk?
1: I I'm not a long distance runner. I don't really I mean I've I have like spontaneously just gone like I'm gonna run as long as I can today. And I did like seven and a half miles a couple times. Um and yeah, instantly regretted it because my knees just swole up. I I have a joint issue and so I really don't honestly have kneecaps. It's kind of strange, they just float. Um, and I've had dislocations, but I would just wrap those babies up and go. But I'm a a little hard headed sometimes. But other than that, like cardio wise, I just make sure I I, when I do go, I'll do sprints, I'll sprint you know a quarter of a mile, okay, and then and then I'll walk, barely catch my breath, sprint again, and I'll do that for two miles two to three miles. And I do that a couple times
0: a week. That's actually really good for you to do that. That's uh yeah. Yeah. It's you know, cause you're, you kind of let your body catch up and, and do what it needs to do. Cause running's not for everybody. I understand about the knee thing. My knees are shot. They're totally shot. Um, I, You know, I, I, I was in the restaurants and in the trades, you know, for 20 years now. So I've been up and up and down and down, you know, for, for 20 years. And so the whole, like my yeah. kneecaps like rub against my bone sometimes. So it's a, uh, I get it. I totally get it, but I will like, I can't jog right now. I can't wait till I can, but before I, you know, had my surgery, I would do a slow jog. There was no running, you know, I, I still, you know, I quit smoking three years ago, but I did smoke cigarettes for 26 years, you know? So like, even still, like I would get out of breath, you know, from that. Quit smoking, everybody. Seriously, your your lungs and your wallet will uh, appreciate you. I promise you that.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's and I'm sure that's a that's a lot to um, recover from. And I mean, you your lungs will get better. It just takes time. And sometimes certain herbs can help with that. Mullen's one of my favorites for lung health. So you okay. can like drink that or even you know smoke it. But that's more for if you're trying to quit smoking. So since you've already quit, you don't necessarily have that. But I do make like herbal cigarettes for a lady. Actually, she's down the road from me. She's trying to quit smoking. Okay. But okay. um, yeah, but anyway, about cardio, um, I feel like everyone's kind of different because most of my friends that I've worked out with throughout the years, are really good at long distance running and I never was. I'm more of a sprinter and that's just how I, I've always been that way as a kid. I'm like, let's see how fast I can go within this, from that mailbox to that mailbox. And I'll just go, you know, so sprinting's more my thing and I like it. I feel like it builds the quads and the glutes really well. And it works your abs, but also doesn't just wear and tear your joints as bad. So
0: isn't sprinting better for your ticker too, like for your heart.
1: I feel like the long is. distance. Yeah. And it, yeah, because it, long distance just takes so long and it depletes you. So, you know, you have to do it. It's a science, I'm sure, because I know, you know, a lot of long distance runners that I've been, you know, been around, they don't eat enough. They really don't.
0: No, they don't. That's why so, they're so frail. There's usually long distance runners are super duper skinny and frail.
1: Yeah, and then you'll see them with a boot because they have a fractured foot or something. They're they're so mentally depleted because they just, they they more focus on the distance. They're not focusing on the machine, the body that's going through all this. So, you, I mean, it's a science too. And if I was to ever do it, I would make sure I'm doing it. I'm going to have snacks with me. I'm going to be eating and taking sea moss in between miles and all this stuff. That's what I would be doing.
0: You know, what would you uh, recommend somebody uh, eating that was a long distance runner, like to keep some weight on them and stuff like that, and to be more healthy rather than a fla- frail toothpick? You know, what would you tell them to eat to stay bulked up a little bit?
1: Right. I'm, I just noticed, you know, that long distance running, you will just, you, a lot of them won't really eat breakfast. So that's a big no-no. Um, I'm not saying everyone, this is just people that I've known, drink, drink a cup of coffee and then go run. 12 miles. And then they'll binge eat after mostly just carbs. They're forgetting their protein. A lot of it is timing your meals around your your endurance. So you want to make sure you're having a good balanced meal before, like an hour before. And then when you're done, you want to make sure you're eating a real balanced meal after and throughout the rest of the day because You just burned a lot of calories and depleted your body. So you definitely need to make sure you're eating the calories that you need. So a macro plan would be the best thing to do. And you would have to get someone to do that for you or learn how to make your own macro plan.
0: Right. I'm glad you said that because, you know, another one of my meathead buddies, he actually has to, before he goes and works out, he stops at Burger King straight up and eats three double Whoppers. He has to, because he works out so hard, he'll burn off too many calories otherwise. And like, you're going to give yourself a heart attack, dog. He's like, no, you work out and everything's good. And I'm like, I don't know if that's okay or not. But, you know, what do you think about that?
1: that?" Uh, Obviously, I don't like chain fast food restaurants. Um, If he is going to do that, I would just do the patties and and buy my own, my own like gluten-free bread, you know, because I'm really big on being gluten-free. I think that causes a lot of inflammation. And that can, it can be inflammation in your gut. It can be heart inflammation. It can be brain inflammation. We all kind of get the inflammations in different parts of our bodies differently. So, I mean, I feel like I'm more prone to, actually I've had all of them. I've had brain symptoms, I've had heart and I've had intestinal symptoms. So I've had all three, but there's some people that like, well, gluten doesn't bother me, but then you'll see them, they have like ear. Irrit- irritability or brain fog or insomnia or cravings you know that's a brain thing
0: right so now when you speak of herbs like what are you taking for say like mental health like what are your go-to herbs for mental health
1: reishi mushroom man it's my favorite so yeah I mean I make the tinctures uh, they're dual extracted that's how you get the most medicine out of this mushroom and most medicinal mushrooms anyway um it's really good just for anxiety depression adrenal glands and just overall immune system health so that is probably my favorite one and um if you don't know how to make a dual extracted I have a few things I think on Twitter I might have uh, we did a a thing about that, and I'll actually put it on my website too. I need to do a blog post on that. So um if you're interested in making your own mushroom tinctures, it's it's fairly easy. So um, that's probably one of my favorites for you said brain health and yes. just overall, yeah, like mentals
0: well, in general.
1: like, yeah, lemon balm and lemon balms is another good one rosemary is good lion's mane mushrooms good for memory and rosemary is good for memory um lemon balm is one of my favorites because kids can take it too and chamomile so those two are good for calming they're good for intestinal health because they, they help calm really everything and they're antibacterial and that sort of thing so those are my probably my top favorites
0: now, what would you say to somebody who needs some energy in their life? Like, what should they take there rather than drink, you know, three or four monsters or Red Bulls a day like a maniac?
1: Um, ashwagandha, it's really good for just um, helping your adrenal glands. So that a lot of times if you have fatigue, you probably have some kind of adrenal insufficiency. And cordyceps mushrooms are really good for endurance beetroot powder, what else, peppermint's good, because it kind of mentally alerts you, and kind of, so those are, those are a few good ones, and green tea, oolong tea, those are good, ginseng, yeah.
0: Okay, I love green tea, actually, I, uh, it's been a while since I had some, I need to get back onto that, because I've been drinking uh, coffee again, you know, but I don't really like it anymore, ever since I had uh, COVID, coffee's been gross, unless I just a bunch of honey, You know, I'll put a bunch of raw honey in my coffee and a little bit of cream, you know, and then it's acceptable at that point. But really, I'd rather just have some green tea with all by itself. No sugar, no cream, no nothing. I do it like a proper English person, even though I'm not English. But
1: uh, (laughs) let's
0: not go there. Yeah. You're not a royal. No, no, definitely not a royal, even though like uh, they're big things are being talked about with the royal family today. I have nothing nice to say about them at all (laughs) the royal family we haven't cared about them since 1776 we need to leave it that way you know what i mean exactly especially since well i'll just come out and say it uh they're the pedophile family you know yeah the queen and uh the queen and charles paid for andrew to get out of that trouble with virginia jufri and the epstein island stuff i mean and then there's pictures of uh the epsteins at the cabin of the queens in Ireland and stuff like that they're connected I have nothing nice to say about that family at all and people
1: yeah yeah I just can't believe like Candace Owens and stuff are actually taking up for these people they're they're sellouts like I can't believe she's even saying this stuff but I know her husband's English and I didn't know this but that still doesn't matter to me right no I mean he's not a royal is he
0: no no but like I understand like if you're from there or you're you're, you have some sort of heritage from there I understand like there's some sort of you know heartstrings to it or whatever I don't know what the word I'm looking for right now I'm not the one (laughs) if you're into oh shit you're I'm done with you the wood chipper you go you know that's that's how how
1: and and I my my facts and my details are not very good right now but I don't remember when, but didn't the queen take a bunch of um, Native Americans from Canada and they never returned? Yep, Like yep. a bunch of children to go to a boarding school or some kind of schooling?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure all about that, but there are some things about Native Americans that weren't so good. But I mean, she's been around for the actual monarchy, you know, where it was still kind of important in that culture. And they killed all kinds of people. I mean, the, the monarchy was never good. If you ever look at a history book, you know, all monarchies, yeah. are murder cults, just like governments do, you know, it's the yeah. same thing, you know, it's, it's, it's power. and, and
1: yeah. um, I actually follow Dr. Shiva and I watched some of his YouTube videos. He, I don't remember what the name of it, but the video, he, he kind of went into detail about the, the British trade and the Indian trade and the history of that and how dirty they were to India. I mean, they've just, from the get-go, they've been, you know, um, doing really bad things for everyone but themselves.
0: I mean, they've never really been the good guys in a lot of things in history. I mean, even look at America, like, you know, there was propaganda when people were first coming to America. There's propaganda in England, you know, because what we've been led to believe, you know, we're little in school is that, you know, they came, the pilgrims came here and broke bread with the Indians and everything was fine. No, no. It was not that at all. They came here to slaughter the Indians. There's literally propaganda that said, come and kill the red man. You can come here and kill the red man or slaughter the red man. There was shit like that. I've seen multiple documentaries on this stuff, not to mention, you know, mm-hmm. they have they've had rule over Northern Ireland for the longest time and it's, it's still a problem there. You know, the Irish don't want them there anymore and there's actually drama in the club still to this day when it comes to that. Um, and there's there's plenty of other instances throughout history. I don't want to just bash England because our government's a fucking train wreck.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And but speaking of like, um the settlements, I feel like I learned the most history from the Adams family movie. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Pilgrims and she was like, die that was that was my like, ah, oh, yeah, they're not good people.
0: this is not
1: good this was not one-sided and it was definitely not the English teaching the Native Americans and being peaceful all the time it was it was a lot and and I'm not just bashing that I mean there always has been and always probably will be war unfortunately and so but I mean hopefully we'll get better and better away from the war thing
0: not with this government we have right now. Geez, they're they're a bunch of warhawks. They want it bad, and I'm in the middle of reading a book right now that is just completely damning uh, enough already by Scott Horton, where it's talking about what happened in the Middle East and how it started in the '50s and never stopped, and everything that we were told by the the media throughout everything from the original Iraq War in 1990 till now has been a complete lie, all of it. Yeah, you know, but you know, speaking of such things in war being forever. I read in uh, For a New Liberty by Murray Rothbard, wonderful book, everybody please read it. It's it's exactly. wonderful. It's a libertarian manifesto. And uh, he speaks of 17th century Ireland was a stateless society. It was an anarchist society. And it lasted for a 1000 years. A thousand years this lasted without any type of government. They policed themselves, you know, they, they called themselves the Tua's or the Tua's or something like that. Um, and they were, they were known as the police and it was just locals that knew the laws of the land and knew the laws of the ways of the people. And they just kind of did it, you know, and they dealt with people doing crimes or whatever. And it lasted for a, a thousand years. Then England came in with all their weaponry and stuff like that, you know, because they didn't really have all that stuff in Ireland and they, they ended up taking over, but it took almost two centuries for England to take over because there was no government to like make deals with their government. So they could just come in and take over because that happens a lot of time too, with quote unquote treaties and handshakes and backdoor deals and whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. That was
0: very interesting to read in something like that in that book. That was very cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would love to read that. And, and unfortunately, I mean, yeah, I mean, living off the land and living in peace with nature and God, the Irish did that for so long. And it's, it's super sad that that was, you know, that way of life has been lost for so long. And hopefully we can bring a lot of that back because there are a lot of cultures that are like that. And I mean, you can't help but really thrive in an environment like that, so.
0: Well, because everything's free at that point. Like, not everything's free, but like you're free. The market's free, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no interference. You can just live and let live and do your thing. Nobody's stealing your money and giving it to God knows who to do who knows what, you know? Right now, all our money goes to wars. You know, that's that's kind of the thing is, you know, like a, we just gave uh, Taiwan... Uh, five hundred million dollars in weapons and cash, and it's, Why like, then? it's like, well, because we're provoking war right now. This is this is what we're yeah. doing at this very moment. Is you know the dollar's in bad shape and they're desperate and they know that war is going to get that Fed machine printing. So yeah. they're really and it's almost
1: like wasn't Taiwan the one of the first countries to like in like this year the end of last year they were like. No more COVID shots, no more nothing. I wonder if it's like a little, that like a little mean, money. Sure. You're not, okay. I don't well, know either.
0: Well, well, I know that, well, China wants Taiwan. That's the whole thing. China wants to go oh, to
1: okay.
0: and take it. And Taiwan is one of our allies. So we're like going to give them a bunch of weapons and stuff like we're doing with Ukraine right now. But really all they're doing is poking the bear like they were with Russia. You know, Russia's yeah. like, hey man, get the hell up out of here. And they're like, no, we'll just keep giving these Ukrainians weapons, you know, and, and pissing you off that they're provoking is what they're doing. Yeah. They can get that money going again because you know the dollars in bad shape. You know, and it sucks. I'm I'm tired of it. Like, how many we we've been at war? I'm forty three years old and we've been at war my whole life, one way or another. You know, yeah. it, it's not been one.
1: Exactly. Whether
0: we were in it or whether we are supporting it financially or with weapons or whatever it may be, you know, people would never believe it when they read enough already by Scott Horton. Like we were giving money and weapons to Saddam Hussein during the Iraq, Iran war. We were funding that we were giving, we were allies with Saddam Hussein for a decade. And then on the other side, this is where it gets bizarre. We're like super tight with Israel, right? Israel was giving money and weapons to Iran to fight the Iraqis during that war. Uh, but yet we're allies with them. You know, it just, it goes to show like, it's all about world power. You know, yeah. and they don't, you know, Israel wants to be the top dog of the Middle East and we're going to help them do that because we're allies, you know, even though they don't help us with anything really, you know, per se, we just give them a yeah. bunch of money and whatever, you know, I don't want to get into that. That's a whole other show, but yeah, it just, yeah. it's just, we're always in some kind of conflict, even if we're like with somebody we're, we're against them. And it, it's very bizarre. Everybody needs to read that book. You'd be so surprised what's in there.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to read that. Um, yeah. It's, it, it is bizarre and it's, it's almost like everyone is two-faced, you know, every country or every ally or anything to do with that power and control, they'll kind of do and say whatever, or give money under the table I mean, and we're, we're, and to be honest, this is all the show, you know, the, the main thing is the, the worldwide, like, starvation, immunizations, the health of everyone is just really going down. They're even attacking the blue zone countries now, you know, in, in a slow way. They're literally, I don't know why, but they're trying to, decrease the lifespan of every country. And I mean, you can follow the trends. I mean, our lifespan is decreasing. And I don't want that to continue. And you but you'll see every politician talk about all these things like war and gun control and all this, but no one ever talks about the healthcare system really. They don't really talk about the the chronic infections and diseases or whatever we have and autoimmune disease no one ever talks about it and to me that's the most important right now the health of the world is at stake and i don't see hardly anybody standing up for it especially like the mainstream politicians
0: well let's talk about that a little bit let's get sassy with that a little bit because i know you feel some type of way about it and i'm starting to feel some type of way about it too um i've never seen so many commercials for vaccines in my entire life and I've never seen so many commercials for rx drugs in my entire life so I'm gonna let you take it from there because I know that I know you know where this is gonna go right now but like what the hell man they're pushing all this stuff I mean there's a vaccine for everything everything no you're you could have the sniffles and they got a poke for you oh
1: yeah for sure and it's It's the, let's keep as many customers as we can. Oh, well, they're not vaccinating their children anymore. So let's scare them with something else and, or they're homeschooling. So, and they're less vaccines now. I mean, before 2020, the pharmaceutical industry was losing money slowly, but they were, and they probably noticed, hey, we need to do something about this. So let's cause some more fear and some more illnesses and push a drug to cure it. I mean that's what I think it is at this point. And then now they're noticing, you know, covid covid vaccines aren't so good. People are noticing that people are dying and we are intentionally killing these people. So let's start the RSV vaccine. And what is the other one the HPV? Let's start talking that, about that one again. I heard that one on the radio a couple days ago make sure your teenager gets the HPV vaccine. We already know that that doesn't have a good track record. None of them do like that. People have died from it and all that. Yeah.
0: I know somebody personally who had their daughter vaccinated for HPV and she got really sick from it and almost died. Like literally, I'm not making this shit up folks. Like this person you know, a friend of mine got their daughter poked with that HPV vac, and she got she got very sick and was in bad shape for a little bit. She's OK now, thank God. But that, that happened. And, and we're seeing it more across the board. Like say no more about the covid vaccines. You know, I feel bad, you know, for anybody who got I don't want to say suckered into it because everybody has their own mind to be made up when it comes to that. But like it was forced on us one way or another. It wasn't like, hey, you have this choice to do it. Because your job was being forced to make you have them, you know, there people always say, well, or some people from the left will say, Hey, you were never forced to do that. Well, my employer was forced to by the president because every employer that had uh, over a hundred employees was mandated to say their employees had to have said shop. Yeah. So in theory, that's forcing those people into doing that. Cause what are they supposed to do? Not go to work.
1: Yeah, and and people are like, you know, a lot of people are very harsh when it comes to that. People that have gotten it and have regretted it, or people that have gotten it and like, well, that's that's on them. They shouldn't have been that stupid. But people need to be thankful for if they are awake to the vaccine industry. They need to be thankful that they are. Someone has brought them there, even if it's just God that has woken you up and you've actually listened. I mean, if I didn't know all that I know with my kids and myself, and I was still working in the healthcare industry, I who's to say that I might not have taken it because I didn't know. I didn't experience someone getting injured by a vaccine, so it never really made me question it. I've never really felt bad, so I never really questioned it. So to judge someone to you know, to judge someone for taking it and then regretting it is just wrong. I mean, you're not going to get anywhere with that. So we've got to really have compassion for people, but also we can't let people name call us for being anti-vax if you are anti-vax or if you're coming around to it. You need to read um, Dissolving Illusions by Suzanne Humphreys. It's a good book to really open your eyes to the vaccine industry and how, um, many of these diseases were actually slowly going away before the, even the vaccine was introduced like polio and things like that. Um, So it's definitely something to look into. Um, And I mean, I'll, I'll hopefully never, I've had nightmares that people would force my kids to take these things since COVID. And I know that's, that's one of my fears is to be forced to do anything for my kids because um, I know they were vaccine enders, um, because their symptoms are both had weird symptoms at the 18 month mark where they, they got their childhood, whatever's. And it took me years to realize that that's what it was. You know, we are, we are led to believe that kids are supposed to be sick all the time. They're supposed to have fevers. Ear infections are normal. None of this is normal. Like kids are resilient and they are. They show us mentally how resilient they are because they don't, they really don't stop. Even when they feel like shit, they keep going. So you can't tell me that a kid is supposed to be sick most of their childhood. That's what, that's how I felt. They were making me believe that that's just what it is. So as a mom, you're constantly worried oh, my kid's going to school. I'm worried that they're going to get sick and I'm worried. That I'm giving too much Tylenol or any of these things, um, we are made to believe that like the body is supposed to be sick majority of the time. And that's not the case. Even I mean, if it's not,
0: not a majority, but we should be getting sick. Like we have to get yeah. sick to so keep our immune systems up, but like for them to be like, the kids should be sick all the time. I think that's a little bit much. I don't think. Or that... They
1: just need an antibiotic and literally every month, you know, they, if they're sick, they'll give you an antibiotic.
0: You know, and they, they, they say kids are sick by just having boogers. What if they have allergies? How you know what I mean? Like kids have boogers, yeah. it's part of the deal. Adults have boogers, they have allergies. It's just what it is.
1: Exactly. And and no one really they address it most invasively. You notice like, okay, well, you have these allergies. Let's take all these shots. Not let's see what you're eating. Let's see how you're eating. Let's see your stress level. Are you, are you, is your body detoxing naturally or is it just overwhelmed with toxins that it can't, it's so invasive. Like, I mean, you can't tell me that giving my child a shot or injection to, um, to help their immune system, who wants an overactive immune system? Nobody really does, especially if you have, if you're prone to autoimmune disease and, I was the first one in my family to ever get an autoimmune disease. And that was always the first question. Do you have a family history of this? No. Oh, okay. No big deal then. So, so you're telling me it never starts with someone you're saying, since I don't have a family history of arthritis, that it probably isn't arthritis. That doesn't make sense.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, well, well, a lot of people don't know though, too, like, you know, some people, like my grandfather, he was one, and I I get this from him, you know, you know, I didn't go to the doctor for 20 years. I didn't get a, I didn't get a physical or anything sure. till last year, was 20 years or more probably. And my grandfather was the same way. He wasn't going to the doctor, you know, but he had stuff going on, but it was, you know, he had gut stuff going on. He'd always say, I got the Guernsey, you know what I mean? And so yeah. when got stuff going on and be like, man, I got the Guernsey. I wasn't going to the doctor, you know, cause every time you go to the doctor, you don't get to leave. I can attest to that now, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I've been through the system now, but, uh, you know, so a lot of people went unchecked for a long time. So then the kids don't know whether it was something or not something.
1: Exactly. They were, you know, they, they just kept going, you know, and also their toxic overload wasn't as bad as our, our early childhood exposure. So our symptoms might be worse than theirs or we have more symptoms. So yeah, it's kind of both of those together. And I mean, you kind of, you kind of know when you, when you have a bad issue and then you kind of just want to keep going and you don't want to go to the doctor. I know I've, I've done it too. And I don't, I don't want to go. I'm hardly ever. I mean, I definitely never want to go now, but I mean, that's why the most important thing for us to be really liberated and to stand up against the Tyrants is for us to all get healthy and go back to the, the ways that our ancestors have ate and lived.
0: Well, that's the other thing too, like, you know, our, our grandparents even, you know, ate way better than we did. You look at pictures, you know, from at people from the forties and fifties and, and even the sixties, you know, maybe even in the seventies, really, you didn't see a lot of fat people. You just didn't. They were yeah. there always has been and there always will be, you know, or obese or whatever the word is. You know, I'm not politically correct. Let's I don't care. You know, there's a lot of fat people back then. I was one of them. I was very fat before last summer, dude. I was huge. 220. I'm 5'8 on a good day. That's a fat boy. But uh, but no, like they ate better than we did because they weren't going to McDonald's drive-throughs every day for lunch or you know, Subway's, you know, I know some people think Subway is healthy, processed lunch meat is terrible for you, take it for me, I was the sandwich king, and I was 220 at 5'8", you know, Um, you know, and they they ate, there was home-cooked meals at night, and they weren't ordering out all the time, and so they were in a lot better shape than we were, and they probably didn't have so much, you know, issues with guts and stuff like that, to where, like, now, you know, I had my diverticulitis surgery where they took part of my large and small intestine along with my appendix. Just because from my episodes before with the diverticulitis, I ended up getting scar tissue in me that started to pull my intestines and my appendix together. So they had to like cut it all out. I'm like, did you take my gallbladder while you're in there? Like, get it all out. They're like, no, you you're okay with that. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But uh, I, you know, my last two clients before I went for my surgery. Had diverticulitis. And so I asked my doctor, because I had an appointment before I actually went in to, you know, my surgery. I said, What is all this about? You know, and she goes, It's diet. And I said, Well, how many it's surgeries tough. do you do a week or whatever? She's like, I do seven to ten of these a week.
1: Oh my God. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, what do you attest it to? And she goes, Well, a lot of it's hereditary, but it's mostly diet. We eat like shit, you know, and that's just what it is. And I'm like, Well, you know you're not lying because for the longest time I like shit, you know, I'm a, I'm self-employed, you know, I got to eat on the run all the time. I'm hitting drive throughs I'm going to Coney islands, anything that's fast. And anything that's fast is usually not good for you, you know? And so here I was, you know, and that's a lot of it, you know, and it's crazy because, you know, the, the media will talk about all the time how America is so obese and we're so fat. And then Burger King comes in with their commercial. We got a brand new quad burger for you. Holy shit, dude. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it, it doesn't help that it's, you know, shoved down our throat all the time either.
1: Yeah. And it is, it's an addiction. They, I don't know what they put in it. They got to put something in it because it's truly an addiction. It took me years to get over fast food. Um, I just would like, oh my God, I gotta have it, you know? So something, and control the food, control the people. That's always been the thing. And, and they all just work well together because the food makes us sick. Pharmacy has our drugs. The drugs also make us sick or the vaccines make us sick and make us more prone to those addictive type behaviors where we're craving the comfort foods. So it's just this vicious cycle of never feeling like you can really fulfill your life's purpose or really be who you, you can be because you have all these things coming at you all the time. And they literally, they take control over your life. So if you could really get back to just eating the plain foods overall, like most of us, if we can just eat meats, some veggies, potatoes, rice, and fruit, a lot of us would be free from a lot of the corruption and we would be free just just being able to say, I don't have to have that anymore because I don't want it. It's truly liberating. And that's to me, that's where my liberty started. That's where my love for liberty started and to know that I'm not, I don't have to be a slave to this system any longer. And then then it kind of went over to the political side. And you know, it just slowly it opens up either way like politically you're more open to it and then it kind of you're like oh well i see it this way i just saw it from a nutrition standpoint just because i'm a nurse and maybe my passion has always been the science of nutrition and herbs so it kind of blossomed from there so my thing is just to gather as many people and to really help change holistically their lifestyle and we literally would have an army of people that are unstoppable it could be, be the way. we could be the new ancient Ireland where we don't have to have any government.
0: <laughs> any of that stuff, you know. Yeah.
1: You know
0: well, I like you're saying, you know, the last time you were on the show, we called it be hard to kill, you know, and that's you're gonna be hard to kill if you're healthy and, and yeah. not part of that system. Now, I wanna ask you something that will probably maybe get me kicked off YouTube, you know, but whatever, because they get mad yeah. about this stuff. How do you feel about the direct correlation between vaccines and autism?
1: Oh, I completely feel that is the majority. That is the main contributor because like I said, we, some people are more prone to inflammatory in the brain from these toxins, especially the aluminum that is injected. You know, everyone's been obsessed with the mercury, but it's the aluminum too that's, super bad and you can look on physicians for informed consent on Twitter and they will they have documents or little papers that show you how much aluminum is in one injection and how much the daily dose is. I can't remember the figures, but it's a it's a huge amount. And we're not only giving that to our children, we're also feeding our children big foods and a lot of our foods, even the healthy foods, are covered with Roundup or glyphosate. And that's another big issue. So we're, we're given this and this, and then gluten is another big issue because it's no longer the ancient grain that our ancestors had. It's, it's so manipulated and so genetically modified that it's, it's more gluten in it. It's more inflammatory. So we have those three triads, but Initially, the biggest thing is the the initial injections that we're getting as a child. And autism is a big one, you know, and that's a big one that's been debated for years. And we have children that have cancer. We have children that have arthritis like my daughter did. All these things you don't really hear about. You just hear about kids getting these diseases that used to come with old age what is making our kids rapidly inflamed like they're 80 years old it's the toxins they're getting i mean it's in it's pretty to me it's clear as day and a lot of people believe that even though it's it's a possibility it's still best to get your child all those things because they might not get that but at least they'll be protected from hepatitis and i'm like. I mean, just read that book, Dissolving Illusions, and you'll see a big difference. And obviously, the Fauci, the real Anthony Fauci book, um, that exposes a lot of truth. Didn't
0: Kennedy write that? Was that a Robert Kennedy book? Okay, yeah, he oh, did. he's out running for president now, which is interesting. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't feel any type of way about him. He's not getting my vote. I'll say that. But uh, yeah, it's it, well, it's I, kind of weird because, and actually, you posted the video. But, you know, when the COVID vaccine was going around, he was very much against that vaccine and was very vocal about it and about Fauci and whatnot, which I thought was great. You know, you know, I wasn't about I wasn't about that life either. But then you posted that video of him that Dr. Shiva posted and it was Kennedy on there saying, well, I you know, I didn't say vaccines are bad and I think they're good and all my kids are vaccinated and I'm vaccinated and I'm like, you just shot yourself in the foot dog. Like what the hell is it? Do you not like these things or do you want these things? Like, you know, which is it, you know, like, like I said, I'm not a fan to each their own. If that's the road you want to go down, I don't think it's a good idea, but you know,
1: I mean, I'm at this point where if you have any, if you're a billionaire millionaire, even uh, and and you have a popularity about you, like you're, you know, a Royal of the Americas, I'm going to question you. I mean, he's supposedly shunned from his other family members because he thinks the way he does. But sometimes I wonder if if he's saying things just to get the popular vote from the anti-vaxxers because he sees this as his play. You know, so many of us have woken up to the vaccine industry. And I'm like, is it is it him just trying to finally get his way into the presidency? I don't know. and. I have my questions, I have my doubts, but I i mean, I, I don't know a lot about his history, and I know he's, like, for gun control, Some supposedly. Um, I mean, I am for, you know, helping the environment anyway, but I don't see why we need to decrease oil, whatever, consumption. Right, right. But why can't we... Go back to glass bottles. Why can't you ban all plastic bottles and go back to glass like they did in the seventies? That should be the first start. That's the easiest. It's renewable and it's it's not toxic. So that's. But you don't ever hear anybody talk about that because it's not popular and it's not going to get you the votes.
0: Well, yeah, and if then that at that point, you know, you're nobody. But I, I don't think the guy has a shot. At all, I just don't think we're we're gonna get forced with Biden and Trump again. It's gonna be so wonderful. Oh my God, great. Oh
1: my God, and <laughs> I mean, I think I don't know. I kind of think he might have a chance. I don't know. I don't want to vote for either one because I, I don't trust. Know. Yeah, I I won't. I I don't trust them. So, and I've already I've already said if I'm going. To... Well, actually, I am gonna vote. I'm gonna vote for Doctor Shiva, even though. It might not amount to anything it's still the purpose and um for the just the average work in american and um so that's who that's who i'll probably vote for to be nice. honest if i if i do vote Um yeah, I yeah, still, that's the
0: thing you got they got to put somebody out there who's who's even worth it you know and a lot of people who you know bash on third parties or you know whatever outside opponents or whatnot, like, everybody, no matter what side of the aisle you're on loves to protest and a third party vote, whether it's a libertarian or anything is a protest vote. I mean, that's the best way to protest is to do that. You know, um, I love my libertarians just because it's the closest we'll ever get to anarchy, you know, and I, that's, I'm an anarchist, you know, but who loves their libertarians. So I just fill in that, you know, straight libertarian ticket bubble and walk out. I'm not going to pick and choose anybody just because I'm protesting, man. That's what it is. But, uh, you actually did something recently that I want to get into before we go. You went to your uh, capital there.
1: Oh, yeah, Savannah. I did. Um, that was really good. Uh, we we were, I forgot the name, the numbers of the bills, but there was one for education. They're wanting to hold back third graders if they can't read. And I was not for that bill because that just means more funding and God knows where it's going. They need to invest in the nutrition of our children. If they're going to invest in anything, if they want children to pay attention, they need to make the environment nurturing. And for one, that's nutrition is number one and they just get fed really bad food. Like it's barely it's barely acceptable for human or even canine consumption. And our kids are getting fed that, you know? So if you want a child to learn to read, you need to feed them good foods and the environments need to be a lot more calmer. And why not just spend more time reading? That's That was my, my thing. I was trying to say, I didn't speak about it, but I was like, I wanna, I'll say it now because it kind of came to me after. I'm like, why can't you focus on writing, drawing, and reading for the first three years of life, or not life, of school, you know? Why have all these subjects? you know, they're too young. If they can, if they can, you can have fun reading with them and they can draw and read and make their own book, all kinds of things. If they can learn to read and write by third grade, they're, they're going to excel. Kids are going to like to read. It takes them a while. It took my kids a while to really like reading. They were like fifth grade by the time they liked reading. So you can't, you can't punish a child for not being able to read by third grade. Even if they're doing good in other subjects, they're still going to get held back and they're gonna be bored. So that was one of the educational purpose of that one. Obviously homeschooling would be ideal, but not everyone can. So I just wanted to be there to advocate for the the people that can't homeschool. Um, And then the other bill was to protect minors from getting hormonal replacement or surgeries, especially without parental consent. That was a big one. Um, There was a doctor there that is a pediatric doctor that specializes in adolescents that are transitioning or want to transition. And there was a mom there that spoke out saying that he gave her daughter hormonal replacement without the mom's consent and I mean, there were other stories there too, and there are a lot of people there that were actually for this bill, um, or against this bill, stating that uh, doctors should be able to to give these because trans the trans people are being genocide, or they're being shunned, or they're they're getting so depressed that they're wanting to kill themselves. It doesn't matter if you're an adult, but when you're saying that children at their most vulnerable time need more hormones that their bodies are not made for. And you expect them to they they're saying that these these kids will be healthier and happier with um, hormones that their bodies are not naturally biologically meant for. But there are a lot of people in this room that were that agreed with this. Like half of the room was in this mental state. And I was like, where's the logic? I feel like I felt a little overwhelmed. I was like, this is not good.
0: All right. (laughs) First off, why can't the kids read by third grade at all? Like, why is that an issue in the first place? Like, That is the school's job is to teach these kids, especially by the third grade, On how to read. I know when I was in kindergarten, I was reading books. They might have not have been like these great novels or something, but I could read. Um, You know, and that you know, my neighbor across the street actually, she she's a kindergarten teacher in another district close by. And these kids don't even know their phone numbers or how to write their names or their address or anything. I'm totally dumbfounded by this. We don't have enough time to go into all that, but this is uh, insanity that these they're not teaching these kids basic learning skills i mean any kid should be able to learn and do some kind of reading by the third grade it it doesn't have to be like these you know these grand novels or anything but they they should be able to read a little bit you know like that that first off that's crazy you know because this is their job is to teach these kids and to get them you know squared up to move on so there's a problem there yeah the other problem is children cannot consent Children cannot consent to any type of this stuff that you're talking about. Any of the puberty blockers, any of the the mutilation. Yeah, I'm going to call it mutilation. Um, They can't consent. They're children. The parents shouldn't be consenting for them. That's insanity. And the only reason they do that shit is to get clicks and likes on social media. And that is foul. That is foul as fuck. That they're doing this to children in the name of clicks and likes. They're... Just because a little girl likes to play in the mud doesn't mean she's a boy or a lesbian. Just because a boy likes to play with Barbies with his younger sisters probably doesn't mean he's gay. For crying out loud, I had three sisters. I played Barbies before. That didn't mean I love women more than anybody. You know what I'm saying? Well, I love women now. That's my wife or whatever. But like, you get it. What the fuck are they doing to these children? Like, it's unacceptable. This should not be a thing. This should not be in school at all. The only sex that should be taught in schools is the birds and the beasts. That's it. They need yes. to stop sexing up these kids because it's disgusting. And it's pedophilia, man. One it way really- or another, it is pedophilia. It's disgusting. It is foul. It is vile. And it needs to end. We need to start speaking up more. You know, I probably yeah. get all kinds of shit for saying this. I don't care. Like, if you're a consenting adult and you want to do that, knock yourself out. I don't give a fuck. That's great. Do your thing, man. More power to you. I ain't mad at you. Leave the kids alone. Yeah. Like like here in Michigan, it's legal for a child and a teacher to talk about transitioning without parents' consent. A child. This is happening here in Michigan
1: it's so sick it's a trend it's really a trend right now and trends in school you know how fast they catch on so it's just it's a grooming that's happening but also i mean they they're getting other kids to do the grooming for them and and that's what one of the representatives says so you're telling me that this hospital grooms children and the doctor was like no you know like Yeah, I mean, you're grooming them to if they're coming to you with endocrine disorder, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, or, or anxiety, depression, and then you start prying these questions, kids are going to elaborate, you know, in some way, or they're going to think that way. If you're kind of guiding the questions that way, they're going to think that way. It's just how kids are. They're, they're here to learn. They're just sponges. I mean, I remember as a kid, you know, whoever you're around really has a big impact on your mental state, the way you think. So, it, yeah, it's definitely a trend.
0: You know, and they got, they got, you know, the, these, uh, these drag queens that are going to these schools and reading kids books. No, stop, stop it. it. And it's, you know, and some people be like, well, you're transphobe or whatever. No, here's how I feel. I don't want anyone's naked ass in a child's face, whether it be a, you know, a drag queen, whether it be a woman, whether it be anyone, no naked asses in children's faces, it's unacceptable, no titties in children's faces, they're little, they're innocent, they don't need to be having their minds poisoned with this shit. They're going to see enough of it on TV. They're going to see enough of it in public where they can ask their parents questions. This shit doesn't need to be in schools and teachers don't need to be talking to them about it. And if they are talking to them about it, they're a fucking pedo. They're a groomer. And I don't give a fuck. I'm saying it out loud. Like this is unacceptable anymore. And people speak up.
1: Yeah, and I feel like even as a kid, my teacher or librarian didn't even read me stories. So what's the big deal lately with everyone pushing story time? It's They're infiltrating the school system, and, and that's just it. And that's, I mean, nobody wants to be around children that much.
0: No, it's like, crazy. For no man. reason.
1: You know, I love children, and I love the well-being of children, but I'm not going to schools and reading to them about health. I I mean, I, I probably should. That'd be better for them than being read some kind of perverted story. But I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, it's, you know, these children, you know, I, I don't want to sound like Whitney Houston, but they're the future. They're going to be taking <laughs> care of us someday. I mean. But if you're going to poison their minds like that and pervert their minds like that, you know, you're forcing them into a collective and not making them into, in, into an individual where these kids need to be taught that they are individuals and they can choose their own collective as they go, not just force this shit down their throat. They're forcing it down our throats. Think about this: like, you know, I'm self-employed. You know, I don't have a job that's nine to five that's on the books or whatever. But if I did have a, a real job per se, um, just from what I just said on this show, just now that could get me fired from my job. Yeah. Like, this is how, this is the road they're going down right now. They're, you know, this, this is the most protected class of people in society right now. I saw this on some other guys thing. He made a big video about, and he's cussing and swearing. He's really pissed off, you know, but it's like, I I'm with them, man. I don't care what people want to do is consenting adults. But leave kids alone, man. We're not going to force them into this shit. We're not going to force this shit down their throats. And the problem with it is is that they've got these people protected so much and the schools protected so much that you can't go after them legally. So then what's going to happen? Parents are going to take matters into their own hands. And hypothetically, you know, some some cross-dresser or drag queen, whatever you want to call them, is going to be reading a book to a child at a school. And some father's going to go in there and beat that person's ass. It's going to happen. And that dad's going to be in big trouble. But he's within his rights to do that. In my eyes, you can protect your kids. But no, this is the road they're going to go down. Like, I can already picture it happening. I can see it. It's going to happen. And
1: if it's happening so much and we don't have a lot of control people need to find a way to homeschool like yes, as much yes. just find a way I I did night shift for a while just to to homeschool my kids during the day I mean find a way because you know at night I had my husband here and then I would work and then we would switch find a way if if you're really concerned and it's happening a lot find a way to homeschool and there are, a lot, there are a lot more homeschool communities than you think out there. And there's a lot of possibilities. So um, yeah, if you're really concerned and it's really a big issue, that's what I would say is pull your kids out of the public educational system. I mean, that would be great to defund them completely, but maybe that will come, but right now it's not. But, and that was another thing. They were trying to make the, that's another bill, there's two, to mandate or to make sure the COVID vaccine was on the vaccine requirements for the children. Of course, I was opposed to that one. And there were a few people there that were for it because they said that people could still get exemptions like the other vaccines. But if you put it on the schedule for the majority of the public, they're going to follow the Louisiana state guidelines and they're going to give that to their children. You're you can't, I mean, there's so many issues, obviously, that we've seen just in the past three years of the injuries from this thing. Why would they want to put that on there, you know? So um, I think that one failed, of course, So I'm really, I'm glad that that one didn't go through or, yeah. or did go through. I can't remember if it was like protect them against the, yeah, I think it was protect them against mandating it. But, yeah, that was another big one that I, I was there for. so,
0: yeah, I uh, I don't think that schools should be man- mandating anything like that. Um their job is to teach kids reading, writing, arithmetic, and that's it, and teach them about the birds and the bees because we all need to know how that works too, and that's fine. But we got to leave it at that, you know, it's it's, but the the agenda that is out there from the far left, I mean, the far left is pushing this agenda on the sexing up the kids and stuff like that, it needs to end. It needs to it needs to be put to rest once and for all because they're messing with future generations that are, you know, kids aren't equipped to handle information like that. Really. No.
1: You know, and,
0: and they shouldn't have to.
1: Yeah. And all they're doing is like if I had to leave this with like something to say for people to remember. No matter what system you look at. They're they're overcomplicating everything for a reason that creates chaos and uncertainty. If we can all go back to the basics of education, of nutrition, of even politics, we would be in. That's where we got to get. We've got to get back to the basics. They're overcomplicating everything. Yeah.
0: Well, and a lot of it's because government has their grimy paws and everything. You know, they need to get out of place, leave education alone. Leave healthcare alone. Let me tell you something really funny about healthcare, real quick, since we're on the whole transgender thing and everything. I shit you not. Before I had my surgery, I had to go get some blood work done, you know, some pre blood work, whatever. It was a few days before I went under the knife. <clears throat> this woman that was going to take my blood asked me a series of questions. One of them was Are you pregnant? Look, I got a ginger beard with some gray hair in it. I'm a man. This woman asked me if I was pregnant and all I could, I laughed from my belly and said, what the fuck? And she looked dead. She looked me dead in the eye and said, I have to ask you this. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so circled it to to the day of surgery and they're getting me all prepped or whatever. I got asked again. And this time I was no more clever. I was like, well, I could take a pregnancy test for you if you want. And she just kind of rolled her eyes and shook her head. And I'm like, what? I'm like, are you kidding me right now? This is the second time in less than a week. I was asked if I was pregnant. You know, I know I had a little belly at the time, but what the fuck? You know, <laughs> like yeah. this, this is where we're headed. They're they're literally forcing this agenda across the board. I, I knew I would find a way to plug that in. That really happened in real life. I couldn't believe it twice.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was
0: pregnant. As a man, and you know, I don't know if you guys know biology or science or anything like that, but it's virtually impossible for a man to be pregnant. We need to get this out of you know people's heads. You can't you can't have periods, you can't have you can't lactate, you can't you can't do woman things, you can't have babies. It's impossible. It's not the way it goes. Stop feeding these kids this information. It's fucking crazy. You yeah. Know? Stop. Like, oh my God.
1: <laughs> Stop with the complicated craziness it's it's complicated and it's inaccurate so it's it's not even naturally possible so
0: let me ask you this as a woman who's out there like working out and being a woman and doing woman things and getting your you know your your workout program going and doing your 6 week reset and you know making women proud you're making women proud out there you really are whether you think so or not you're doing your thing How does it make you feel as a woman that a man can just go off and do this stuff and act like this? It's gotta be insulting in a way.
1: Yeah. I mean, personally, I haven't had it happen to me. I did. There were a few months ago where we were at a restaurant and my daughters went to the bathroom together, I believe. And there was a man dressed as a woman in the bathroom and they came out and they were super scared. So that was that's the only personal thing that happened. And so yeah, I definitely don't agree no matter what you look like or dress like. Like like someone posted so if you have if you have a vagina, you are a woman or you might not be, but if you wear high heels and lipstick then you are one. It just doesn't make sense. So I'm definitely not for sharing restrooms with people of the opposite sex.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Because it's not safe. It's not somewhere you want to go and and feel vulnerable or I mean, we just I mean, obviously we just have so many different issues. You know, men pee in front of each other. Women really don't. Right. Uh, we have separate stalls. We We have periods where we have to go and change things and we don't want men in there no matter what. No matter if you're dressed like a woman or not, I don't want you in there. So we need to make a third bathroom for someone that's gender neutral or whatever. You, you shouldn't be able to go to the female bathroom at all.
0: I don't even say give them that inch, man. If you got, if you got yourself a pecker, you're going in the men's bathroom, whether you're wearing a dress or not. And if yeah. you got yourself a clam, you're going in the woman's bathroom, whether you think you got a pecker or not. Like, we're not doing this. We can't give them an inch. They've taken enough inches. They've infiltrated enough when it comes to these children. Like I said, if you're a consenting adult, do whatever you want. That's fine. You can think whatever you want, be whatever you want. I'll support you actually in that, but leave kids alone.
1: Yes, that's how I agree too. Like, if I mean, it's really none of my business, but I don't want it. I don't want my kids seeing it all the time. I don't want my kids to have to be scared to go to the restroom on their own. That's about it. So leave the kids alone.
0: How would you feel if some man followed you in the bathroom to use the restroom? Just you, not even your kids. I mean, as a woman, that's got to be weird.
1: That would be so uncomfortable.
0: You know, all of a sudden you're talking, Hey, how you doing in there? What? (laughs) You know. But, you know, Sam, thank you so much for your time. I'm glad we did this. Uh, Let's talk about your brand real quick before we go, though. Tell us what you're doing. I know you're you're into some supplements that you have for sale now, correct? Yeah. Let's talk about it, get yourself out
1: So if you're interested in getting your trace minerals every day, because a lot of us are deficient in those trace minerals, sea moss is the best way to get it. It's just a pure form of sea moss that you can take either capsule or gel. That's all under my link tree. Um, You do get a discount from from my link, you get 10% off. Uh, I do get some commission. Um, But I really trust this company and I really like the company a lot. I've known them for a few years. So just personally, I know them. uh, So I do trust them. And then just if you're wanting to get healthy and fit with nutrition and herbs, then the six week reset with me and Kalina would be the best approach for you to really help you sustain and truly transform your life for the better, for the rest of your life, because it's something you can implement for the rest of your life. It's not just something that's six weeks and you just forget about it. It's lots of stuff that you're going to learn. Each week is broken down different lifestyles and herbs and functional movements, posture, all these things to help decrease pain, inflammation, and overall, you know, just overall getting you healthier without you having to be a slave to the system and constantly be in the pharmacies getting Tylenol or ibuprofen. If you want to get off all of those things, it is possible. It just takes a really strategic in-depth approach and you not only get me, but you also get Kalina and we all, we just really tag team. We meet once a week on a zoom. So you get, and then you get the messages all week. And we even offer a few one-on-one sections sessions a week. So you get some one-on-one time to talk about your health issues. If you're having a chronic, um, you know, chronic system issue, we can go into depth about what herbs and what nutrition might help you and really help you um, just holistically heal and become free from a lot of things that have really kept you down. So that's about it. So, and they can follow me on Twitter. And I'm at, it's at quantum revival on Twitter. And then on Instagram, it's at the quantum underscore revival. Oh, Twitter. I'm sorry. Let me go back. Twitter is got two R's in it, I believe. Yeah. So it's at quantum R revival. That's what it is.
0: Okay. So the double R's, I got it. Yeah. And I
1: mean, and I don't want to like go into other handles, but if you find me on Twitter or Instagram, you can message me there and you can look at my link tree too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sam. I'm glad we got sassy with Sammy. It was fun as usual. And good luck on your six week reset. You know, that'll be fun for you and Kalina. You know, that's pretty cool. I'll be paying attention. I'm sure you'll be putting up videos and such
1: yeah and we have 10 people in this round right now so we've started last week and then july we have another group coming in so yeah so if you're interested july would be your time
0: awesome well thank you so much and until next time peace love and liberty y'all
1: thanks bye Mm -hmm.